Welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast with me, Natasha Collins, property investor, chartered surveyor, and CEO of NC Real Estate, my boutique firm of surveyors, which specializes in helping investors make money from commercial and mixed-use properties in the UK through our asset management services. Want to find out more? Head on over to ncrealestate.co.uk. Can you guys believe it? We have just hit the last podcast of the year. It is crazy. Here we are at the end of 2022. Wow. Thank you, everybody, for being here with me this year. It has been a little bit hit and miss with the weeks that the podcasts have come out. I really appreciate that. Thank you for bearing with me, Uh, mainly because I have been getting used to life as mom, business owner, and everything in between. So trying to get that pattern of podcasts has been somewhat tricky, but I think we are in a good rhythm now. Yes, here we are at the end of the year. It feels like there are a lot of people who are dooming and glooming it right now. Certainly, the market has slowed down in both lettings Sales, not so much, but we're still not seeing properties come to the market that are at the prices that they should be. So there's a lot of negotiation needed to be had in order to get to where we need to be. But everybody who's working on transactions is really, really, really slow at the moment. I'm seeing emails also come through at weird times of the day. And I'm a weird time of the day emailer because I don't work on regular time zones. So I am often up and around when everybody else should be in bed. There are agents that email me back at 2am in the morning and you think, "Mm, have you been out drinking or are you not sleeping because of some reason? Why are you up at 2am? Unless they may have kids. I don't know. Maybe that's their sleeping pattern. But yeah, definitely finding that people are coming back to me at weird times of the day. There are far more things that need to be done around deals as well that are going backwards and forwards. But the biggest issue at the moment, land registry. 18 months to register a title is roughly what is being quoted, which, (laughs) wow. So what I'm seeing with some auction properties is that you could exchange today, but you might not complete for another two years. What? I was laughing with an agent this week because she was saying, well, the auction, Natasha, uh, is in December. And I was like, great, can we agree a deal beforehand? I saw a deal that we could be doing. She was like, Natasha, though, the completion date is set for October 2024. And I stopped and I said, say that again. Yeah, the completion date is October 2024. Why? Why is the completion date October 2024? And she said, because land registry are taking that long to register titles. This is going to be a problem if you are looking at buying and remortgaging quickly because in order to remortgage a property, you need the title to have been registered. There are ways in which you can fast track the process, although the fast track process is even slowing down. That takes about 10 days, but you do have to pay for the privilege of that service. You also have to explain why you would be losing money if that process wasn't fast track. So there's a lot that goes with that. 
It also worries me because there's a lot of deals coming to the market that are being flipped on pretty quickly. So for example, auction, you may see companies that are disbanding at the moment. Any company that's not making a lot of money and has got property in it is trying to sell at the moment. That might be a good hint for where you are looking for your property purchases. Um, and if they are still making a loss, it is a good idea for them to sell, cut their losses, move on, buy something better. It may be that they're really bad at running a business, by the way. It might not be that that property is a particularly terrible property. And so they're just cutting their losses and getting out. Then what we're seeing is people try and buy in the interim. That's becoming hard. And then they're trying to flip on the business. They're splitting out the business and the property. That is becoming difficult. So that is then another protracted uh, deal. So why we're seeing a lot more properties go through auction at the moment is because that's really the only place where you can sell and exchange without having gone through land registry. But then between exchange and completion, that's going to take a long period of time. So we're seeing the nature of the market change, which also means that you have got time in between buying a property at auction and exchanging on the property and then uh, being able to put in finance in some situations you're going to be able to put in longer term finance so i suggest that you go through the legal packs with a fine tooth comb and see if they need to register a title and how long they roughly estimate that to be that's really important they will probably move the completion date out on that so that's a really good hint of how to do it I think, though, in general, that will slow down the property market. Commercial property is taking longer to register at land registry than residential. That is because land registry put a preference over uh, residential because that's people's homes. I would suggest that that process is also going to be slowing down people who are in chains. If someone has to register a title at land registry, that could slow down a chain, that could prove really detrimental to sales where perhaps buyers are downsizing because they can't afford their mortgages or certain situations like that. Having a chain go on for 6, 12, 18 months is not good for anybody, really isn't. So it's all that's quite frustrating. For me, that is one of the big things that I'm seeing with the property market right now, that slower process which means in turn, if you back that up, everybody else is going slower. You know, so for those of us that are on the ground, liking to put in offers, liking to negotiate, we are acting at a speed which the rest of the market is not acting at. And I think you have to be aware of that so that you don't get completely frustrated and move out of the market. Just remember, land registry is a law unto itself. And no matter how much the department for leveling up tells you they're going to change it. Team at the department of leveling up, you're going to have to throw some more money into land registry and speed up the process. I imagine it being <laughs> something like the oldest bank in the world where there's just these people in underground vaults tidying up all these old documents. I can't see what else is going on. If it was electronic, it would just not be this slow. So that's why I assume it probably looks like the vaults at Gringotts in Harry Potter with all these people just in these vaults. I assume, I don't know. 
I've never been to Ladra Industry Archives to have a look. Um, what wouldn't surprise me is it's just an inefficient software system. But hey, who am I to judge over here? We are just at the mercy of it and they know we're at the mercy of it. So that's one of the big things I think is going to hold up transactions in 2023. Mortgage interest rates for limited companies have just come down slightly, which is good. On SASs, they are holding. On residential, I'm not actually sure. I haven't had a residential, the need for a residential mortgage in a while, not for me or my clients. Certainly on commercial, they're staying around about that 8 to 8.5%. So we are where we are at the end of the year. Now, if I could give you one massive tip of advice for this period of time, here we are. We're This will go out the week before Christmas. And I know you're probably thinking, Natasha, I'm going to go and try and be as festive and as merry as I possibly can. And I really salute you in doing that. I really do. If I can drink uh, wine and celebrate with lots of twinkly lights and going out and just having a ball, I'm going to be doing that. But can I stress that you need to be focusing on your finances? Oh, you're going to say, Natasha, this is so boring. And historically, I've told you that I'm not the sort of person that saves. Well, this year, in the era of all things changing, I realise that our economic situation is now forcing us to save and be a little bit more mindful with what's going on in our portfolios. With that in mind, you will know that our tax return deadlines, uh, if you're doing self-assessment, self is due by the 31st of January. It's not a shock. It comes around every single year. Please do it earlier than later because you don't want to have that tax shock and then think, oh my God, I can't afford this. I tend to do mine pretty quickly after year end in April so that I've got some time to save up for my tax. Now, this year, my tax has gone up significantly. Yay, Natasha, you're earning more money. I am. It's lovely. Thank you very much. But it also means that I have to be more prepared for my taxes. And something that I have learned this year is that you can sit with your accountant and forecast your tax for the next three to five years for some unknown reason, and you'll probably hear like, Natasha, can you do that? Like, how did you not know that you could do that? Yeah, all right. I wasn't very careful about my tax, but mainly because I was only paying a couple of thousand pounds in tax a year. And that's fine for me to find. I don't really worry about finding that kind of money. That's not to show off. That's just mentally my mindset around money is I don't mind finding a couple of thousand pounds in a hurry at the end of each year. But Knowing that my tax bills will go up higher than that, I wanted my I asked my accountant to forecast what my personal tax returns would look like over the next five years. And especially because I'm planning on earning more from NC real estate, I've always had myself on a really small salary. And this year we've got Harry children are expensive, I have to earn more in order to make sure that this family keeps going. I'm lucky in that Chris works and he earns well, but I also have to earn in order to be able to afford to send Harry to daycare and to have good times with Harry. 
you know, and he needs nappies and milk and food and just everything that a baby needs um, and almost one-year-old needs. And so I wanted to forecast out how much it was going to cost me to increase my salary from my business. That's a really interesting thing that I think you all need to be doing with your accountants. If you have a limited company where you are planning on taking money from that limited company, you want to plan out how much your company should be paying you through the payroll system and how much your company is going to be paying you in dividends on a monthly basis. And if you've got anything left over from, you know, you've invested into the company, so the company's paying you back, have you got any loans that are outstanding that you need to repay yourself, in which case you're not going to get taxed on that? I would suggest forecasting that out for the next five to 10 years with your accountant and putting your income up to that level that you want to achieve each month, right? So, you know, for example, this year I want to achieve £2,000 a year. Next year, per month, sorry. Next year I want to achieve £3,000 per month. You know, so on, so on, so on. So that you then know how much that's going to cost you when it comes into your account. You can then set up a savings account for your taxes, which you will be paying through your self-assessment. That's really important. As a general rule of thumb... Providing you stay in um, that, I forget where it is. It's a general rule of thumb at the moment. I save about 30% of that income that comes in from dividends to pay my tax with. Um, But it's actually 30% of all the net profit that I also make from the properties in my own name. So I have a tax savings account where automatically, the day after I get paid from my limited company, I put a third of that into a tax bank account. I would suggest you set up the same pretty quickly if you don't already have that. And again, for those of you that already have that, congratulations, well done. You are one a step ahead of me, um, but I feel pretty good now that I have done that. So that's number one. Forecast what you want to achieve, how it's going to come in, how much tax you're paying on that, Um, and then make sure that you've got a savings account for that pot. Really important. Number two, I also, in terms of my finance, looked at how, how, how much I can put into my savings each month from the properties that are in my own name. So I also have, on top of taking out a third of that for tax, a third of my net profit for tax and putting it in my savings account, I also had a look at what could I put into my savings account quite easily on a monthly basis. This is not for maintenance, this is just for my future. It goes into a stocks and shares, ISA, and it just builds up from there. Uh, I set that on a direct debit as well. Historically, you all know that I use Moneybox. I still use Moneybox. And I have a direct debit set up which pays £300 a month into my 
stocks and shares ISA. Not a lot, doesn't break the bank or anything, but just so that I know that I've got some additional savings. And then I also have a savings pot in my own name for, um, for properties in my own name for maintenance and each property pays £100 a month into there. So I have a maintenance fund building up, I have my tax savings building up, I have my savings account building up and everything else is what I can spend on a monthly basis. That really gives me some security and that's something that I discussed with my accountant. My accountant can't tell me how much to save, he is not uh, IFA, the same as I can't tell you how much to save because I'm not an IFA, but I'm saying you need to prepare for this because at least you've got that safety net. And for those of you who are desperate to get your net income out of your limited company, fabulous, but let's plan for it accordingly. That is really, really, really important. The Members Club is now closed for the year, so I'm not about to advertise that to you. But I do have something very special. It's our Getting to Grips with Commercial Short course, and it is incredible. This is everything you need to know about investing in commercial property and doing the correct deal analysis. It's got how to do evaluation. It's got how to find the metrics that you need in order to put into your valuation so that you can appraise a deal to know where the maximum is that you should be offering. It has got a spreadsheet that will work it out for you, including all the discounting that surveyors and professional valuers put into evaluation when they are valuing deals. It is absolutely incredible. We have had some amazing reviews so far from our members club members. But over the Christmas holidays, we are opening it up to everybody to get access to. This is the sort of material that surveyors train for years to get right and we have distilled it into 10 hours and it's been put together with my team of surveyors plus other industry experts so that you get the best that the surveying world has to offer. Again, this is my getting to grips with commercial short course. Over the Christmas holidays, if you purchase it, it is a one-time fee of £297 plus VAT. So if you want to get access to that while it's still available and as of the new year, it's going up in price, you want to click the link below to sign up and we will send you through the access details. Side note, if you are a Members Club member, don't purchase this, you get it as part of your Members Club subscription. All right, getting to grips with commercial is everything that you need in order to be a successful commercial property investor. So click the link below and that is yours. That is it, four to five years of information distilled into 10 hours. You really are going to want to get this because this is going to save you so much time going forward in analyzing your deals. And then, I looked at my other limited companies because I have another limited company with my commercial properties in it that I don't need to take any money out of. And so the profit from there, I pay into my SAS as a pension contribution. 
not all of it. Some of it I'm saving because over the next couple of years I want to do a development project in, in one of the properties and I also need to save some money in case of contingencies or anything goes wrong, reletting, what have you. But to save on my corporation tax, I pay money into my SAS. So I've just again set that up as direct debit. That's really important. Again, my accountant helped me look, to, look at that because there is no point me taking another salary from that limited company. It doesn't matter my business account, my NC real estate account is where I take my salary from. So that's great. I get to just keep that on the side and let that do what it needs to do. And then my pension contributions go into my SAS from my, um, my NC real estate account as well. And then my SAS, I'm setting up auto investments at the moment. Why am I telling you all of this? Well, we are in uh, an economic downturn, to put it politely. We need to make sure that we've got a backup, that we know where all our money is going. We need to be on top of it. So whilst you're getting your end of year accounts prepared at the moment, it's the best time to be talking to your accountant about how much it's going to cost you to have this money coming in, how much tax you're going to be paying and all that good stuff, which a lot of people do not want to be talking about. But it's important so that we know what's happening next year. And that way we have an easy life because we know that the rest of the money that is in our current account is ours to spend. You know, that's exciting. I mean, Chris and I separately have savings accounts as well, but, um, you know, as a general rule of thumb, what I've just said to you is, is how I operate with my finances. Um, and of course we earn in two countries, Chris earns in America and in the UK. And so we have separate accounts in the U in the US as well. And that is a, uh, excuse the square, swear word, but an effort we have to get out of the country fund. So we have a fund so that if we need to leave America on uh, quickly for any reason, or we need to get home, there's money there. So please, I really implore you in this time of um, economic uncertainty, please make sure that your accounts and your house is in order. That's really, really, really important. Finally, before I wrap up for the year, sounds quite big, doesn't it? Big dramatic for 2022. I just wanted to go through some of the key learning points that I learned this year, because I think that's really important. Every year I grow and I wanted to just go back through yeah, what I learned this year. Well, obviously, number one is how to save money. <laughs> um, having a baby focuses your mind a little bit. Um, so being better with money was one of the big things that I wanted to achieve this year and get my businesses and my income into order. And just by chatting with my accountant, I have done that. And do you know what I did was I went through each of the, my members of my family and I asked them what would be your number one tip when it comes to money and that really helped me think about my savings and what I should be doing there so that's my tip to you if you don't know what to do or where to start with money ask the people that you think are the best at money what they do and see if you can put that into your own accounts that would be my number one tip of advice Number two, 
maternity leave. I learned how to have and have not maternity leave. I ended up taking roughly two months of maternity leave earlier in the year. I was no way near easy enough on myself. Do I regret it? Not at all. I have a business to run and I love my business. I absolutely love my business. I have my business. I have my family. You know, I love it both. Um, what I would say is that I panicked too much about going on maternity leave before going on maternity leave. Harry came a month early. That was completely unexpected. And I was out of action then for, for a little bit of while, a little while, especially having a C-section. It takes a long time to recover from that. Um, even trying to get back out and exercise, I did that too quickly and really injured myself. So I ended up in physio for the rest of the year. Now I can exercise, I can run, but I'm doing it in a more kinder way. I have learned that I need to look after myself in a different way. And that means not overdoing it. So for example, when I come to the UK, I tend to exhaust myself to the, the point of being very unwell for all of the, for all of you who's, who see me in the UK and then I come back at home and then you talk to me on uh, on calls and things and I can't talk anymore. That's because I've exhausted myself too much. So I've learned the hard way that traveling with a baby, trying to see everybody needs a little bit more planning. But I've also learned that having a really strong team around you so my team at nc real estate who will pick up the slack when i'm not there they will make decisions they know what the right decisions they know what the wrong decisions are and they know that if i'm not there they get to make those decisions and i empower them with that that for me has been an absolute lifesaver now it was wobbly at first when i went on maternity leave don't get me wrong because i went so early I didn't have that time to get my team to gel, but I'm so proud of the way that they picked up and ran with it. Eventually, we ironed out all the creases and we got to where we needed to be. That is through really good Monday team meetings and making sure that everybody's there and telling us what's going on. That's also through really, really good communication. And that's also because we all enjoy each other's company. I think that's a big thing. So when we do get together, it's phenomenal to see each other and we really enjoy the work that we do and how we're sharing it so I learned how to create a team this year I learned how to start having maternity I am not in any rush to have another baby so for those of you who are thinking Natasha you know you're gonna have baby number two don't yeah sometime at some point <laughs> but not anytime soon um don't ask me because it's probably not gonna happen for a few years um, and that's fine because I've had a lot of fun with Harry. He is the perfect child of mine. I couldn't ask for a better baby. Um, and yeah, just seeing him grow and how he finds the world funny just really has been an absolute joy this year. I get sad that he, he goes to sleep so early. He'll go to bed between 5.30 and 6. And I'm like, I want to play with you some more, Harry. Um, but he gets so tired <laughs> that he won't play with me after that time, so he goes to bed. Um, but I really enjoy being a mum. Really, really enjoy it. Uh, I have no nothing bad to say about it. Um, even when I get sad about things, that is just because I am so in love with him. So 
you know it is what it is but I've really enjoyed that so this year I've learning how to be a mum and a parent and making the right decisions there has also helped me make decisions in my working life about what is important and what is not important and what I should be chasing after and what I should not be chasing after because ultimately I'm building a legacy that's what I'm doing I am building a brand a legacy I am building something which should be able to support Harry and any future siblings that he may or may not have. And that's still my number one concrete goal. That is it. Everything that I do is about building. So do the decisions that I make build? Are they taking too much time? In which case I'm wasting time that I could be doing other things with, or are they just not going to do anything whatsoever? In which case I'm not doing it. I find that I also don't worry as much about properties I generally I don't worry about property anyway if I've made a decision I know it's probably going to work out okay because I've made a reasonable choice and that's for my portfolio my client's portfolio but I am worrying even less because I know that we can solve it all and I don't have the capacity to worry like I used to worry so that's another big learning curve if you haven't killed somebody you can still make a difference so there's no point in going to sleep umming and ahhing about something or ruminating that you have a big problem you just wait as long as you've asked the right questions of someone for example if our clients have asked the nc real estate team or i've asked my solicitor or i've asked a question of somebody I can't do anything until I've heard that response back. So I can't worry about it, right? I don't know what the response is going to be. I've also learned this year that it's really hard to deal with people who are scared. That sounds that sounds really weird, but the econo- the economic situation has put people in a really awful mindset. And so dealing with somebody who is terrified they are always going to have their barriers up there's no negotiation that you can do with them there's nothing they are going to close down and so from that point of view you have to take a step back and know how to appreciate or know how to come back to a situation when someone is feeling better um, and it's n- not always my job as a surveyor who's negotiating to understand why someone doesn't feel good, but it's knowing that, okay, that person isn't in the right frame of mind to have that conversation with me rather than take things personally, take a step back and come to it. And that's going to be a big, a big, big thing that we're going to need to take into 2023 because people are worried. There's a lot more overheads coming. Everything is more expensive And so that means that people aren't making as good decisions as they would have done when times are better. So we need to give people that grace and patience. I have learned that the property market can change in an instant if you have a terrible prime minister and chancellor of the exchequer. (laughs) That was a low point of the year. Um, I've learned that the exchange rate 
for the pound more than ever contributes to the market in the UK, mainly because there's a lot of overseas money eyeing up the UK market. That can really create an income, um, create demand in the market or or investors try and pull out. And when it's expensive to invest in the UK, as a UK investor, you have more of a chance in the market. Whereas when the pound is really weak, you have less of a chance in the market because there's a lot of overseas currencies who will always want to invest in the UK market. The reason being because of our strict planning laws. And that means that there isn't as much supply. So there's always going to be some sort of um, increase in the market over time. So just bear that in mind when you're looking at who else is investing in the market. I have started to see again fire sales, people getting rid of things. And that again is, is based upon economic turmoil and people being worried. So I'm learning how people listening to the news and watching all the doomsday stuff really, it gets in their head. It really gets in their head and they're really impacted by it. And I've consciously had to choose not to be that person. I deleted Twitter months ago because it was becoming all consuming. I came off Facebook pretty much entirely this year and very rarely go on Instagram now. And social media was a really big part of my brand building when I first started NC Real Estate. But for me, it, it impacts me mentally so much that I can't be there. And yes, I do take um, anti-anxiety medicine and I have done it for a long time. And that helps, but it doesn't combat what I see on social media. And I find social media really trigger triggering because I find what people are posting moronic or just horrendous. I find it hard to see the good in it. And even though you probably have seen that I have followed thousands of people this year, well, you actually, you probably haven't seen. Who cares what I'm, who I'm following? That was very self-centered of me. Like, why would you care how many people I'm following? But anyway, I unfollowed so many people because I just didn't want to see it. But still, you can't get rid of it. It's all in the algorithm. People show you stuff. So I just don't go on it as much. I like in the evening to have a good Instagram scroll through, but I think of things to post and then I think, eh, I'm not going to bother because it opens me up to things that take my eye off the ball and my ball, my ball, ah, my eye should really be on this business building that I'm doing. So anything that distracts from that has no place in my day-to-day -day routine. And that's why when I come to the UK, I value so much coming to events and seeing you because I want to connect with you in that way. And my podcast is the place to connect with me when I'm not in the UK because I'll tell you what's going on, right? That's as simple as it is. That's how I want to connect. And that's a really simple connection. So there we have it. That's what I've learned this year. And here we are, end of 2022. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to me this year. I really, really appreciate it. And here's to a absolutely gorgeous Christmas and holiday season with your friends, your loved ones. Take time out. If anything stresses you out, just bin it off for a bit. Go for a walk. Do something that's going to really 
just make you feel good. Um, for example, I don't do a massive Christmas roast anymore. Um, I know as an English person, I really should, but we don't do turkey anymore. We do a massive salmon fillet and I have uh, mashed sweet potatoes and some veg and that is a delicious Christmas lunch and hopefully with some champagne and I'm excited for that. I'm going to spend the holidays with my mum. She's coming over and Chris and Harry's first Christmas. Amazing. So I plan to really relax. This is my time of year where I don't travel, but I have time off and I can just do what I need to do to chill out. I really hope you get to do the same. Read a good book, watch something funny on um, the TV. You know, have that time to yourself even if it's ridiculous. I watched Spirited last night with Chris, the Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds spoof. Oh my God. It was ridiculous, but it was funny. It lightened the mood. So, you know, go do something like that. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, have a good downtime and I will catch up with you in 2023. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've loved this pod, make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And make sure to leave a five-star review as this makes me so happy and it helps to boost the show and get it out there to more property investors. Finally, if you want to email the pod, you can write to me, Natasha at ncrealestate.co.uk. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.